Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips and the best in alternative music each week. Um, those of you who are new to the pod, and I think we're at episode 32 now, So, uh, but there's new people listening all the time. So those of you who are new, um, we do things a little bit differently here. We obviously have all the golf talk and chat and what have you, but we have music chat as well. And each week we put a playlist together, which we put out on Spotify. Um, the tunes are picked and you guys help to pick them, uh, linking Bruce shall we say, to uh, uh, the golf that's been going on in the world or, or this week's event, etc. So um, my name's Martin Matthews. Uh, those of you who don't know me, you can find me at SundogMonkey on Twitter. Uh, and you can follow the pod at The Golf Alternative. Um, obviously, as I say each week, please do go on and uh, give us uh, a five-star rating. If you're enjoying the pod, please do go on to Apple. Um, five-star ratings really help the pod to grow, um, reviews as well. So um, if you like what we're doing, please do um, go on and give us some great reviews. So um, anyway, as always, uh, we always like to get the best in um, golf betting and musical uh, uh, guests on. And um, I'm delighted to invite back or to have back on this week. And I think it's the third time uh, he's been on. Uh, it's a big good evening to um, Niall Lyons from Odds Checker. Uh, Niall, is this your third trip on? Um, am I right in saying? Yeah, this is my third round course and distance here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, as ever, as ever, looking forward to it. Uh, well, it's wonderful to have you back on again. I really appreciate you making the time. I know I know you're busy, so um, uh, we'll, we'll be sort of uh, cracking on and getting stuck into things. And um, uh, the first thing we always look to do is just obviously catch up on uh, last week's golf. And uh, it was finally a long overdue fourth PGA Tour title for Russell Henley. Um, were you um, one of the many, Nile who um, was uh, thinking Henley was definitely one that got away on, on a course like that? Um, he's obviously threatened on those type of venues a lot over the last couple of years, isn't he? Yeah, it's, it's obviously been long overdue for Henley. I'm, I'm sure we're all in the same boat that we've backed him somewhere along the line in the last 12 to 18 months. And, you know, you kind of watch him win like that and you knew he was capable of it any single week. But he wasn't exactly on my radar last week. He wasn't on, he wasn't on my short list. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was some impressive runaway victory. And, and there's one thing that I've always admired about Henley and always thought that it, or, He's a real dog when he gets into contention, and he's hard to beat. You know, I know he's let a few chances slip through his fingers the last couple of years, but you know, nevertheless, when he gets the bit between his teeth, well, he's he's a really talented sort, and one who could go on possibly to win a major. I'm sure in his career, I think he's just got that something special about him that on any given week, he's a real dog of a competitor you know he is yeah well um he, he gets that look doesn't he when he's in you know sort of coming down the stretches the sort of steely-eyed look doesn't he so uh, um and like you he wasn't really on my radar hugely because he'd sort of gone off the boil slightly of late and you know some done much really in the last couple of months or so um but uh, it was certainly one for the sort of uh correlating course um uh, sort of stats wasn't it because uh, i mean obviously the, the sony open form and win was right there for all to see obviously from a point of view of a link to this track and obviously he, he performed at uh, uh all your typical sort of shorter venues um like, like sort of the windham and um uh uh you know such such ilk so um yeah to see him um trot up on that kind of um venue obviously wasn't a surprise but as you say i think he slightly went under a lot of people's radar just because he'd, he'd seemed to have sort of um uh gone off the ball somewhat but i, I guess it goes to show you how uh 
how it's fractions in this game, isn't it? You know, one week you're 45th yeah. and the next week you're winning because it's just a couple of putts a day, isn't it? Well, not even that. So sort of a, yeah, exactly. a, day, a, a better wedge shot or whatever. So, um, yeah. And then, and then um, the, manner, the manner in which he wins it kind of gives guys like us, well, it gives us a bit of a break, I think. Like I was able to, you're kind of able to tune out over the last couple of days. You know, if you're not on him, yeah. you haven't backed him, that, you know, it's a runaway victory. And, you know, I think yeah. he, once he... He, he closes and gets over the line. You think, you know, that's a decent enough job and you're only keeping an eye on who makes a move over the weekend, but yeah, it's one of those yeah. weekends that, uh, you know, you can kind of switch off after a couple of days. Yeah. Were you, um, did you have anyone in the hunt? Were you sort of um, given a chance yeah, to play or anything at all? I had uh, Davis Riley and David Lipsky who, you know, he threatened the place, you know, on Sunday afternoon, kind of, like they were in. I think they were both within the top twenty, heading into the final day. Anyway, yeah. and Lipsky made a run, but uh, I think Lipsky finished joint tenth in the end, which was just a, a shot or so outside the places. But yeah, that was as close as I got. Yeah, I, I'd, um, I mean, Morikawa was my sort of headline pick, and yeah, um, I, I backed Morikawa myself. You know, slightly yeah, disappointing after making a, a decent move there on the Saturday. Yeah, but the one that really frustrated me yesterday was Brandon Wu, who was on at 125 to 1. Uh, and he played really solidly all week. And um, he, he was sort of two or three under through the front nine. And uh, I thought, OK, well, if he can pick one up on the par 5 13th and maybe another one, that, that should be good enough to, for a place because he was on 15 under at the time. And then uh, he went double bogey, double bogey on 12 and 13. And uh, that mm. uh, uh, sort of, um, well, cost him way more money than it cost me obviously because uh, uh he went tumbling down to about 30th or something in the end but um had brack band and rue the week before as well and it's, it's kind of around that time of year where you know myself and you and ben and dave and guys like that we're all you're almost coming up with the same names every week yeah if, you know if one guy's back in brandon we one week one back from the next week and it, you know it's it's like russian roulette that you're gonna miss out on the week that yeah. you know someone yeah. else you know just picks them on the right week and, and yeah, you well, were on the previous week and it's hard it's hard to go in two weeks in a row that kind of thing yeah well actually well, i think one of mine is uh one of yours from last week this week so we got got, got a bit of that this week but yeah. uh, I, I did um just to wrap up on last week i managed to salvage things slightly in that um my um, column that I do for Sporting Life on a Sunday, uh, previewing the final round, I uh, uh, and it was a bit of an odd one, really, because when I obviously I've got a deadline to get that done, sort of first thing Sunday morning, uh, and the markets without Henley weren't up at that point, or at least if they were, I, I'd missed them. Pretty certain they weren't up though. So, so I put um, Harmon up to come basically in the sort of one, two, forecast. Henley Harmon could have been in either order in theory, but obviously it was Henley to win and Harmon coming second uh and then a few people as the morning went on sort of started saying to me well why not just put Harmon up um each way in the betting without henley market because you know you got the each way sort of back up then as well and of course that market wasn't up first thing so um so uh, but anyway either way Harmon um Harmon came um came home in in second place and uh it was seven to one at the sort of forecast so that uh that salvaged things a little bit but uh still it was a frustrating week really as a whole so um but uh we move on and um we move on back to houston um and um 
It is, uh, well, it's a new name for it this week. It is the Cadence Bank Houston Open. It seems to have been through a few sponsors over uh, the last few years. And I think from what I read, this is maybe only a one-year deal as well. And obviously, whether the event uh, is even on the schedule next year with all the changes, who knows? But um, uh, we are back for the third time at the um, Memorial um, uh, Club. Uh, and um, it's, uh, it's it's quite a nice track, this one, isn't it, Nelson? What you've made of it the last, because mm. this is uh, its third outing, as I say. And it's, it's not a pushover is it um it's, it's a decent test this one isn't it yeah absolutely uh, uh 10 under and 13 under i think have been the two winning scores and you know that, that was you know part of my task this morning was going over you know events this year that you know were kind of won around in that in that mark you know you've you've got plenty of events you know being one between you know 10 and 15 under you know courses that aren't a pushover you know for example the honda and yeah, uh, obviously Wales Fargo early on in the year. So, you know, mm-hmm. events like that there are, I think, always worth looking to. You know, where scoring isn't exactly easy. But then mm-hmm. I, I was surprised, kind of, when I looked at the stats of this the last couple of years that it's been so heavily dominated by the the big hitters. I think uh, Jason Kokrak, I think he was 14th mm-hmm. in driving distance when winning last year, and then the year before uh, it was obviously Carlos Ortiz. I think he was 13th in driving distance, and then Dustin Johnson was first in driving distance. He was runner up towards his, and yeah. Dustin, you know, it's only 7,000 yards or so, just slightly over 7,000 yards. Of course, mm-hmm. obviously a par 70, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was just surprised about how you know driver dominant the, the, the couple of leaderboards have been. There obviously have been a, a couple of golfers, you know, you know, a, a different trend, you know, yeah, yeah. not quite as long as those guys, but uh, it's certainly. Uh, made me veer towards the the bigger hitters in the field anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's um, I, I mean, it's got five par threes, isn't it? That's um, the sort of fairly unique thing about it, and uh, that uh, I'll be mentioning that in a link in with another another course as as we go on. So, uh, but I've noticed um, putting certainly been um, uh, quite key here over the last uh, couple of couple of years as well. Both of uh, both the winners have performed um, st- strongly on, on on the green. So uh, I realised, by the way, now so I jumped ahead and I, I should apologise for this in advance because I'm slightly all over the place tonight, run, running late. So this could be um, uh, a bit of a sort of a, an end of term pod, as it were, where it's all a bit of a mish- mishmash and uh, we're all, uh, all all over the place. But I, I jumped ahead and before we'd wrapped up in Mexico, of course, uh, you had your first tune, which um, was um, relevant to Mexico because you were giving us a bit of a a bit of null in relation to uh, Mexico from last week, so we'll, we'll we'll backtrack and give us give us your first song song for the week, if you don't mind. Mel. Yeah, as you say, this is Noel Gallagher and his High Flying Birds. It's a song called "The Mexican." Uh, I'm I'm a big obviously a big fan of Oasis and Noel. To be fair, you know, yeah. names names later stuff doesn't quite interest me an awful lot, but Noel certainly does. And although some of the tunes that he, he releases are quite semi, not many have probably maybe heard of this song, The Mexican. So I thought I would get it on the playlist and it's certainly one of one of my favourites from the last number of years or not. Yeah, I must admit, I don't know this one either. I mean, I'm like you, I'm more of a Noel man than a Liam man. I think, uh, I don't think Oasis would have been Oasis without, uh, uh, we, 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 well, it wouldn't have been Oasis without Liam, obviously, but I think, um, you know, it's the songs, isn't it? And uh, obviously, um, yeah, you, you couldn't have Oasis without Noel Gallagher's songwriting. And um, I'm, I'm like you, I'm not a huge fan of Liam's solo stuff, really. Um, so, uh, but I don't know this tune, I must admit. So uh, I'm looking forward to um, uh, listening to that one. So, uh, so that was a quick dart back 
back to Mexico last week and the Mexican. Uh, but uh, let, let's move on and um, uh, back to Houston. Uh, and um, we have, uh, as a, we've already alluded to, we've got a par 70, um, just over 7,000 yards, um, uh, but featuring three par fives and five par threes. Uh, and um, well, it's a Tom Doak um, redesign, uh, and it's his first sort of um, uh, redesign on the PGA Tour. Of course, top Tom Doak uh, uh, was the um, uh, designer responsible for the Renaissance Club in Scotland. And uh, it was an interesting comment when um, this course uh, sort of was first, um, uh, should we say, debuting on the tour. Uh, and uh, it was very much that he was trying to sort of give something with uh, that feel of um, uh, challenging the players with the runoff areas and, um, you know, not your basic. Uh, uh, he was trying to make it a good test, basically, and um, not not your average sort of um, bog standard resort course by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, uh, Brooks Kepka was the um, uh, player consultant on it as well. And he sort of leading into the event um, uh, first time around, uh, very much was expecting it to play tough. Uh, it seems to me, to me, it's um, one of those courses that maybe gets a bit harder. It's a second shot on in course. There seems to be a little bit of room off the off the fair, off the tee, and um, that maybe ties in with your sort of bomber's view, Niall, would you say? Yeah, well, I think, you know, looking at the last couple of leaderboards, obviously I mentioned driving distance, but, you know, from tee to green, uh, there's been a lot of gains made by the top five and top ten, you know, those two years. So I think short game becomes uh, part of the equation too. Obviously, you mentioned putting, but uh, I think he tries to almost make the approach or make the approach shots a little bit tougher than you know yeah. what we're what you're used used to seeing kind of every week on on those kind of resort courses, as you say. Mm -hmm. So I think that you know the approach shots. Uh, will be key and think there'll be a, a, inevitably missed greens they're, they're not the largest mm. of greens i don't think but they're mm. not the smallest but there will be you know missed greens throughout the week and uh yeah those who can scramble well also it, it's one of those i think it's just one of those courses where you need an all-around good game you yeah. know not not one particular stat stood out mm. compared to others and when you looked at the last couple of winners that they were almost performing well in, in all of the departments of the game during the week yeah, and that certainly um, uh, certainly actually does time with some of my, my picks. Certainly, the shorter priced players I've got, um, the sort of two figure odds players, should we say? Uh, I've just sort of gone for, gone for all rounders, really, not players you could sort of um, necessarily sort of pick out as, as having one completely dominant part of part of their game. But um, uh, I think, I mean, it, it's a hard, it's, it's a tricky event to get. You know, obviously, two years of course form. Um, one of those years there was a major the week afterwards uh so um you, you know you've got to sort of have that normal sort of um pre major week sort of caveat that you put on all events like that and uh um certainly when ortiz was you know obviously he bases himself in texas um uh it would have meant much more to him that win when he was seeing uh, seeing off dustin johnson down the stretch uh, than uh, not saying DJ wasn't trying to win, of course he was, but I'm sure he had very much one eye on um, the, fo the following week at Augusta. So, um, so uh, yeah, so we got two years of course form, and one year had a major before it. So, uh, or after other, so it's a, it's a, it's a bit. Um, 
yeah, it's a bit hard really to, to get an angle on it, to, to be absolutely honest. Uh, the one thing that always crops up in Texas is Texan or Texas-based players, uh, whether they be Texans or players who just base themselves in Texas, gone to college in Texas, etc. That That's very much a sort of um, uh, something you can see on the leaderboards over the years. And, and last year we saw it again with, um, I mean, Scotty Sheffer obviously can play well anywhere, but uh, Kramer Hickok um, is a Texas guy through and through, and he, he came in fourth last year. Obviously, Ortiz based in Texas. So um, I think we certainly got a Texas Texas connection worth worth looking at. So um, so I'm going to throw in my first um, musical pick for the week. Uh, and um, I think there's going to be a lot of, we're in, we're in Houston, so there's going to be a lot of sort of uh, uh, space-related stuff going on, really. And uh, um, do, you, do you remember the band Spiritualize, Noel? Do they, um, are they ever on your radar at all? No, it doesn't ring a bell, I'll have to say. Yeah. Well, well, this this track, I mean, they were very much a sort of shoegazy type band from from the nineties, but th this is quite a well known track, and I'll challenge anyone to listen to this track and not then want to put it on repeat for about two or three times because it's just got a really haunting tune, and it's um it's a title track from uh, Spiritualized third album from nineteen ninety seven, and it's called Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space, um, and uh, it's an absolutely cracking tune. So that's my first tune for this week. Um, and um, let's, um, uh, before we roll into the picks, let's obviously look at the betting market. Uh, and it's dominated by Scotty Scheffler. And, and I don't know about you, Noel. I mean, the top two in the market this week, you, you know, no, none of us would be surprised, I'm sure, to see either of them winning. And, um, you know, they're very, I mean, it's not a very deep field once you get past the top two. But um, the top two, I mean, you, you know, you can make incredibly strong cases from. Were, were you close to siding with either Scheffler or um, Sam Burns? Scheffler, as opposed to Burns, maybe. But, uh, you know, uh, as, as you say, I I, th I think it'll be hard to keep Scheffler out of the mix this week. Obviously, he, you know, he beat Hanley by five shots over the weekend at mm. the, in Mexico, which is incredible seeing, you know, Hanley was the runaway victor. victor but, you know, Scheffler's going to be hard to stop here. As you say, he, he's mm -hmm. played well here in Texas before and plays well everywhere. On, on these tougher kind of tests, uh, you know, he, he's an expert on as well. Yeah. You know, he, he thrives on these tougher golf courses as opposed to the easier ones. Mm. Uh, but then again, he's winless since April. It yeah. was, was the one thing that, you know, just stood out for me. And, you know, taking a six to one shot for somebody who hasn't won, you know, in over six months, then it's slightly, it's slightly dodgy. And then, as you say, it, it, bar them top two, for me, Aaron Ways is a bit of an uneasy third favourite. You know, I know yeah. he's you know he's an, an improving golfer, an improving sort, but nevertheless, uh, there's golfers further down the list that you know I would have a lot closer to the bat and yeah. you know than what they are to, to Aaron Ways, and you know I think that's where I saw the opportunities. Yeah, well, I mean, I um, I quite. Like Burns, I was tempted by Burns. I must confess, um, I, I do. I mean, obviously, the five par threes ties in pretty nicely with um, uh, the Valspar uh, Copperhead course, uh, and then we've got um, obviously the um, Charles Schwab link where where he won. So, uh, so, so I must admit, Burns Burns did tempt me, but um, obviously, twelve to one. Are you going to go each way? If not, you're going, uh, you know, win only more likely. But then, of course, you've got the spectre of Scheffler could 
Pippin, so I decided to go down the, the bigger price each way route. So, um, so uh, let's um, uh, let's roll into the picks, shall we? And um, I'm just looking, and this is how organised I am. Um, I think your first selection um, comes in a fraction um, shorter odds than my first selection. So um, I'm going to let you uh, tell us about uh, what, one of your uh, what, what, uh, another another. You got hope for another? Um, should we say Central American or South American? to come good this week yeah uh, I'm going to back Emiliano Grillo around the 50 to 1 mark uh, I'll be honest with you Martin I found this I found this week very tough mm. but in, in terms of whittling down this field it's not a you know as you say, it's a legable course yes but I don't know whether it's this time of year or you know the events that you know been played in the run-up to it that have been very easy or whatever it's it's not easy to to pick out a few golfers in this field i thought it was a bit of a chore uh but as we've mentioned before i think of you know i've either gone with a couple of real bombers or a couple of all-rounders and grillo fits the bill as, a, as an all-rounder uh he's kicked off this season quite well with two top fives in his six appearances and he's he's always been a top class ball striker, mm. similar to the mould of Hanley, who, uh, you know, he hasn't won quite as often as what he almost deserves for his game. Mm. He doesn't quite get out of his game, you know. You know how good he is, you know, from yeah. his ball striking year on year, year in year out is absolutely tremendous. So, yeah, it's you know obviously some of the problems. Uh, come on the greens but you know this season so far the putter's been behaving a lot better than usual so I'm prepared to take the gamble on him here uh, he's already had a top three he's had a, a third place in Houston before it was obviously yeah. a different venue but uh, you know that's always always a positive to have a, a good finish in, in the windy state here so I think the wind yeah. will blow most of the week, and I think he's quite yeah. used to it. Obviously, early days on the on the European Tour, I think he played quite well on a couple of occasions where the wind blew as well. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he was. I think he was around thirty three to one last week in Mexico, and you know fifty to one this week. I didn't think it just quite warranted as much of a drift as that. And when we're talking about Iron Wise being, you know, a third favourite around the sixteen to eighteen to one mark, mm -hmm. I thought Grillo just appealed a fair bit at fifties. Yeah, no, that, that, everything you said makes make sense, and um, it's, it's interesting because, of course, we've had the Henley win last week. We had a, uh, a win for Mackenzie Hughes a few weeks back, uh, another win for Keegan Bradley, and, and you, you know the fool is is sort of known for um, where players who have you know, perhaps been winless for quite a while, uh, can finally pick off that next win that they've been threatening for. You know, I remember sort of Charles Howell sort of uh, finally breaking his, his winless drought uh, a few a few years back and um, uh, when it, when he sort of um, uh, paid to Patrick Rogers' uh, hopes at the RSM. And uh, uh, so so Grillo, I mean, he, he's sort of in that um, box um, of, of players that, uh, uh, you know, when's he going to get that next win? And it will eventually come. Uh but um, you know, by and large, um, perhaps uh, uh, a few of us, and um, maybe the case with Henley last week, have sort of uh, you, you know sort of tired of um, uh, uh, backing him, as it were, because he sort of mm. uh, you, you know he disappoints a little bit. But yeah, I can understand at the prices. I mean, say when you, I mean, why is you know I think.
think Wise's ceiling as a player is obviously greater than Grillo's long term. But um, uh, you, you know, the market certainly caught up with him, and um, I expected Wise to play well last week, but the price put me off, and he did play well. And I expect he'll play well this week, and and this could be the week he, he you know, obviously falls in that bracket of player due another win. So. Um, so yeah, I, I get your logic of uh, uh, of going with with Grillo. It makes um, make makes perfect sense. And um, yeah, as you say, it could be a good week for him to pick off the next win. So um, do you want to give us another tune, Niall? Uh, um, I know you said you've uh, um, you see this a bit of as a, a bombers sort of um, you know bombers going well here. And I believe you got a song song for bombers this week. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an electronic duo act from uh, Belfast here. Actually, it's called yeah. Backsep. Yeah, I've never heard of him, I must admit. So I looked at this one and I thought, I don't know him, so tell us more. Oh, really? Check them out, and especially this tune that, that I'm putting on the playlist this week. It's called Apricots. Uh, yeah, as I say, just an electronic duo from uh, Belfast here, a couple of DJs, and their music's absolutely phenomenal, believe me. Uh, they played uh, Glastonbury in the summer, and mm-hmm. without doubt, for me, was the best act of the week. Uh, not only because of the music, the light show that they put on. Now, this is, uh, you know, kind of electronic dance kind of stuff, which uh, maybe isn't to some people's taste, but nevertheless, this for me, this is, you know, top-notch electronic music, and uh, it's just two young lads from Belfast, too. Check out their set, uh, either on YouTube or BBC from Glastonbury in the summer, and you'll be yeah. blown away by it. Uh, I remember watching it at the time and I went back to uh, Joe Wiley in the studio and she was just absolutely breathless. Like she couldn't believe how good it was. Uh, so yeah, check it out. This tune's called Apricots, which is uh, probably my favourite tune of theirs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never... So so basically they're up and coming, are they? they they're sort of, um, you know... Oh, well, they're, they're, no, they're, they're, they're big enough and they've play, they played a, a big, big crowd on the Sunday night at uh, yeah, yeah. Glastonbury. So... Uh, yeah, no, they're they're well known uh, all across Europe now, and, and especially in these parts. But uh, but yeah, not, not abs- to an absolutely not, cracking act. Not not to a heathen like me in relation to electronic duos, because I wouldn't I wouldn't know an electronic duo if it hit me in the edge. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, you'll, you'll, but, be amazed, um, you'll be amazed by the the late shows that they put on at their show, which is which is not something that I would ever talk about going to a gig or or look for in a concert. But yeah, wow! I, I, it, I mean, it blows you away. It really does. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm open to all, all time. I mean, it was interesting. Glastonbury, this you know, obviously, um, again, I don't want to sound a bit like a sort of dinosaur, but obviously, uh, you know, I so yeah, to quote Noel, you know, Glastonbury, what what the fuck's that all about? When they were putting, was it I don't know, Kanye on or something like that? Yeah. Head, headlining <laughs> a few years ago. Um, so um, I must confess that um, I watched some of Glastonbury this this year, and uh, uh, I watched a bit of um, God, what's what's the young girl's name? Um. Who's the superstar? Who's gone completely out of my head now? Headlined, um, oh God, I can't Billy Eilish, something like that, is it? That's the one, Billy Eilish. Thank you very much. Thank you for helping. I only know that because uh, yeah. my, niece, my nieces are in there. <laughs> well, 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 I watched. I watched a bit of her purely because of the fact that she's um, she's covered two Catherine Wheel songs uh, or Rob Dickinson songs. Is the singer Catherine Wheel and a Catherine Wheel song? Who, uh, as you may or may not have heard me mention before, are basically my favourite band, and they're in like an early nineties sort of alternative shoegazy band uh, and she has covered two of their songs which is very bizarre and apparently it's because her parents are big fans or something like that um, so that sort of got me interested to watch a bit of her and I thought okay I can see that she's doing something different but so I could just about pass with that but then I saw someone 
who headlined on one of the other nights on one of the stages called um, Megan the Stallion. Does that ring any bells to you? Does that name anything to? No. Uh, And she headlined, and I was just like, "What on earth is this?" And the crowd were going absolutely bonkers. And you know, fair play to her; she was putting on a good, good show, and and what have you. But it just, yeah. Uh, To quote, to quote Morrissey, it said nothing to be about my life. So, uh, (laughs) um, but uh, anyway, we move on. Uh, So uh, when when uh, we get off this, when we get off this pod, go straight to YouTube, type in bicep apricots glassmary and watch the four or five minutes to, I, I think you'll be even if it's not your kind of taste it's it's, it's an astonishing piece of music yeah no i, sh- I shall I'm, sh- I'm always open to hearing new things and i'm expecting you to go and check out uh, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> we're floating in space by spiritualites yes. yeah. uh, as you say um, i'll probably i'll probably recognize it then or just yeah. don't recognize the name yeah uh anyway golf um davis riley uh he's my next pick and um uh, he was one of yours last week, Noel. So that's that yeah. thing, as you say, it's that time of year, and it seems a good opportunity for Davis Riley to put, um, uh, you, you, you know, sort of try and put that first one on the board. And, and uh, again, and uh, you know, I was like you. Obviously, it was a bit of a, you know, it's a, a, a sort of an event that really we've only got. Um, if you take the sort of pre-masters input um, out from twenty um, twenty, we've only got really got one one year to go on, and and um, yeah, so so it's a bit of a hard one to get our heads around. So I was really sort of focusing on two things: te- Texas connections, uh, and um, also the two courses where I felt there was a, a link potentially: the Schwab, the, the obvious one, with the say the connection with the course designer, and and obviously the Coke Rack wins, uh, and um, also the Valspar, which. Um, uh, has obviously the five par threes and um coke rack had a good really good record there as well so so um that brought me to davis riley because two of his best finishes last year were in those two events um he uh obviously came very very close at the valves bar uh and then um uh he uh he performed really well at, uh, at colonial as well so that immediately put him on my radar uh and um i, I know he's sort of Tita Green is slightly stronger than his, his, his short game, but he's not he's not a weak putter, and, and he's just a good all you know, bit, bit like we were saying, a good all round player, and, and he seems to have performed well on tough tests um, uh, last year, and um, he, he, you know he he showed up in uh, you know one of the, one of the majors for a while, and um, uh, uh, he he sort of seems seems to have yeah he, he, he a lot of his best golf came on par par seventy or par seventy one tracks. Uh, and um, he's um, been, you know, he's been solid but unspectacular so far this season. Uh, but um, he played quite nicely on his, his sort of local, um, his fifth major, if you like, um, at, uh, at the Sandersons. And um, uh, he, he, since he finished off with a 66 at the CJ Cup uh, a couple of starts ago, he then um, had four rounds of um, uh, 68 or better last week. So he basically his last five rounds have been sort of 68 or, or, or better. And uh, um, so he, he's obviously sort of bubbling along quite nicely. Uh, and uh, his best results have been on the Bermuda putting surfaces, uh, Bermuda greens. And um, as I say, that link to um, uh, the Valspar and, and the Charles Schwab was enough to have me pull the trigger, really. So uh, uh, 50 to 1 it is for me to um, kick off the week with um, 
Davis Riley. Uh, and um, of course, um, when uh, Davis Riley's in the conversation, uh, then obviously you're going to have to put the lightning seeds on and the life of Riley. Uh, I don't believe we've had that yet this year. So, uh, and if we have, uh, I apologise, but uh, it's um, it's an obvious track and um, nothing like uh, uh, going down the obvious route. So um, that's my uh, next musical selection, uh, The Life of Riley by The Lightning Seeds. It's one you'll all know. Um, it's uh, for the English listeners um it's uh, obviously very well known from um uh, you know the sort of football coverage and what have you um but um yeah so call, you're lightning call, call fan a, call, 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 call of the month on match of the day wasn't it uh yeah that's right yeah 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 it was something like that so yeah it was always um yeah uh, love, you know, love the lightning uh, seeds and love that tune in particular and often beats going for a, a walk in the summer and in the, the nice weather and putting on those kind of tunes yeah, so um, so there we go. Um, give us your next selection now. Uh, next selection is uh, Matthew Naismith. Uh, the, the select. It's hard to talk about my selections this week. They're they're, they're none too exciting. <laughs> uh, they're just again, you know, good, good all rounders, and you know, Matthew Naismith's kind of built a career so far on hitting tons of greens, and you know, I, I think that's important this week. Uh, Know, someone who just give themselves enough chances to uh, score quite well, and and you know from tee to green, uh, well especially off the tee and on approach, you know career wise, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Maybe he just hasn't got quite got the rewards just yet uh, for for that tremendous ball striking, but mm. maybe it's starting just to to click for him. He started to put well, which has always been a. a which has always been, a, you know, a, a negative for him. Yeah. You know, this season so far, he missed a cut in the Fortnite to start off, but then finishes of ninth, second, and ninth at the Sanderson mm. Trainers and the Zozo have been, mm. uh, you know, a, a, a very good start to the year. And, mm. you know, off the tee and on approach, especially on approach, he's been absolutely outstanding. And, you mm. know, I think those, uh, to be fair, you know, his ball striking games always, but always been great. But the difference, yeah. I think, so far this season uh, has been a, a hot putter. So we don't mm -hmm. obviously have the stats from the Zozo the last time he played, but you know, finishing ninth in, in that strength of field, I think you can yeah. almost guarantee that you know he was playing well in most departments, if not all. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that was the only. It, it, as I say, we were looking for 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 good all rounders. I think Naismith. You know, in in the mold of Grillo, and to yeah. a certain extent, Hanley again just hasn't quite got out of the game mm. almost uh, what he deserves, and you mm. know it was simply you know around the price. So I think there was actually uh, eighty to one out there. I got a bit of eighty to one earlier on today, which I think was absolutely massive. I think, Very it, good. Was, yeah, I yeah. think it was standout eighty to one at the time. Obviously, I don't know yeah. if, if it's still hanging around now. I doubt it, but. Uh, yeah, just one. It's more, you know, profiling guys that, that yeah. you know that I was just looking to get this week. Uh, yeah, as I say, slightly unexciting. 
Um, mm. My next couple of picks maybe is you know slightly more exciting than these two guys, but <laughs> nevertheless, uh, I'm hoping Naismith just bores his way to victory this week. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, you're right in saying the eight, eighty to one's long, long gone now. We're looking at if you want the eight places, we're looking at fifty to one with, um, with William Hill. So um, uh, yeah, eighty to one. I must admit, I didn't didn't see that earlier today, but that's uh, that's a cracking price. And, and again, he's someone who uh, it's obviously so hard to win, and you can sit here and talk about every single player that we've selected tonight and say oh they're due another win we expect another win from them and a bit like Henley or, or, or they're due a maiden win or, or have you but there's obviously only so many tournaments that players can win and uh, um, uh, and it's tough to get over the line and uh, going back to your comment about um, Scotty Scheffler not having one since April I, I distinctly remember you came on the pod um, come exactly what week it was but it was probably within two or three events after the Masters. Uh, and um, we were talking about sort of players on sort of big big runs of wins and what have you. Uh, and I said, you know, no, we might be sat here in two years' time, you know, be back on the pod or 18 months' time, saying, when's Scheffler going to win again? Because you just can't keep that run going. <laughs> and, um, and of course, I mean, obviously we're not 18 months, two years down the line, but it's six months, as you say, and he's not won since. And, uh, uh, you know, who knows? He might not, um, uh, you know, might not win again for the next six months. So it was, it, it was interesting without digressing too much. I mean, did you did you pick up on the uh, spat, for want of a phrase, or the sort of um, raised eyebrows of, I think it was Trevor Rimmelman's comments about Morikawa last weekend and, and Morikawa? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought that that was just too, taken totally out of context. Yeah, to be yeah, fair, yeah. And, and I thought Morikawa Mar- was uh, touching us over. It was a bit over the top too. I think yeah. uh, I actually can't. I remember reading the words of time, but I can't remember. I think, you mm-hmm. know, a moment was basically getting at the fact that you know, it's, it's you know, you win a couple of majors on the trot or whatever, and, and yeah, you're the big thing in the game. It's just hard. It's hard to you know. It's hard to maintain that, and he was he was totally right. He was totally right, and it's not as if Marika was playing, you know, very poorly or anything. Just maybe not quite reaching those standards that he did. And yeah, I thought it was a strange one. I thought it was a strange one tomorrow. Uh, Marika did say himself, you know, maybe I'm overreacting, maybe I'm taking it out of context, but I think he, he he was slightly. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, um, I mean, unless you're t- Tiger Woods, then you just can't keep that sort of form going, the, the level of form Scheffler kept going. I mean, you know, look at Rory McIlroy since he last won a major, how many years, years has it been? And uh, uh, and it might be on Morikawa's 25 or whatever it might be. He doesn't win another major until he's 29 or something. Might not win another golf tournament until he's 27. Uh, who knows, because it's that tough to win out there. And uh, uh, he'll still have a stellar career. It'll still probably bag another major or two along the way and obviously that will be a fantastic career so um um yeah so uh so we move on and um uh what i was um intrigued about uh although you're saying your selections aren't hugely exciting for the first couple or what have you uh i was hugely excited to see you picking a white lies tune so uh because i'm a big white lies fan certainly from the first first album so um tell us about your 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 like of white lies because we've never had this conversation before so yeah i actually haven't seen them before my brother's seen them a few times and uh He think he actually seen them on the last tour, and he I think he paid for, you know, an extra few quid with his ticket to get uh, backstage before a gig where they performed three right. or four songs on the stage. Right. Before yeah. and I think there was about ten or fifteen fans, and there was a meet and greet, and the fans between them got to choose what songs they played right. on stage, which was you yeah. Know, I thought a bit bizarre for a band like that, but absolutely amazing for the fans. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 
he was the one who my brother was kind of the one who he got me into white lies a number of years ago sent me their albums and uh yeah. that album in particular this this tune that i'm picking which it's called getting even which you know yeah so hopefully some of our golfers get better than even par this week but uh <laughs> it's slightly golf related yeah it's off the album yeah, big, yeah. big tv which is uh, that song big tv off that album as well which is absolutely yeah, yeah. phenomenal tune that i think that for me is their favorite album i think they've actually had a album out recently which i haven't listened to right yeah the... yeah i've not heard it not heard it new yeah. album but um no i was it was their first album that i really liked with um death and farewell to the fairground and stuff yeah. like that on it um absolutely uh brilliant tunes but um uh but uh, always uh, happy to have white lies making their pod debut so um uh, and don't forget you can uh, listen to the playlist that we'll be putting out on um, spotify afterwards so uh we've got some belters on there already and uh as i say tonight to have white lies on uh and my next um golfing pick um rattling on through these uh uh i'm um gonna go and uh, i'm gonna throw a cu- couple of mine out together now because uh, uh they're both at the same odds so it seems uh, opportune to do that uh and i'm gonna go with um adam hadwin and sebastian munoz uh and again a little bit like what we've talked about already they're, they're sort of all-rounders you wouldn't really look at hadwin or munoz and sort of say oh they're fantastic sort of ball strikers but terrible putters or or um you, you know look at look at Hadwin stats so far this year will tell us that he's um uh, his approach play is rolling nicely um uh, he's solid off the tee he's ranked 20th in putting he's always been a decent putter to be fair um and uh, he's another of those players falls in the Henley camp that he's due another win basically uh, and uh, of course his first win came at uh, at the Copperhead at the Valspar uh, and again, he ple- seems to play a lot of his best golf uh, on um, tougher tracks and par 70 tracks or par 71 tracks. Uh, he played really well at the US Open uh, this year, um, finished seventh. And um, obviously that was, uh, of course, a tough par 70. Um, he's um, uh, just been ticking along really nicely. And if we go back, um, uh, he he placed eighth at uh, the Colonial at Charles Schwab um, uh, back in 2021. So we got that link there as well, as well as the Valspar link. And um, yeah, as I say, he, he's just produced some really solid golf over the last uh, six months or so. And he started this season um, really nicely again as well. So uh, he was um, uh, he was down in... Um, uh, down in um, Mexico last week, um, finished 32nd. Prior to that, he was 49th. He was 10th at the Shriners, which we know is an event that uh, he's always solid at in the desert. Um, 45th prior to that at um, Sanderson. So, uh, and uh, there was plenty of that back in the last season as well. So, um, and, and as we talked about earlier, it doesn't take uh, much to go from 32nd up to being right in contention. So, so it's Adam Hadwin for me, playing some really solid stuff. And again, with the correlating links with um, the Valspar, and um, uh, um, the um, Charles Schwab. Uh, and then Munoz, uh, he's obviously um, a Texas college guy. So he's got that, we've got that Texas link there. Uh, and um, he oh, it surprised me, actually, he's not really pushed on from uh, his, his sort of marquee performance at, um, at the President's Cup, where he took down Scheffler, obviously, in the um, in the singles. And you'd have thought um, he might have really built on that and got that next next win, sort of, uh, or pushed for that next win. And he hasn't. He's been uh, slightly disappointed in the last few weeks. Um, but, um, again, um, I do like the fact that... Um, 
He's produced uh, uh, some solid performances um, in uh, Texas over the years, uh, including third place at uh, Colonial, third at the Byron Nelson, ninth at the Valero. Um, so he obviously performs well in the state that he's very comfortable in. Um, and uh, his win count at Sanderson Farms, and it's didn't escape me that Carlos Ortiz, who uh, obviously is one of the two winners here, had a really good record at the Sanderson Farms before he uh, uh, up sticks off to uh, live. So um, that's quite a nice link there as well. So, um, uh, yeah, I just thought um, Munoz um, returning to Texas could, uh, uh, again, that all-round game he seems to have. And, and I like to think that if he's up against Scheffler or Burns or what have you come Sunday afternoon that with what he did at the President's Cup, he'll... Um, uh, you know, he won't be lacking in uh, confidence. So, um, yeah. Um, and we're going uh, we're going quite uh, heavy on the, the Noel Gallagher Oasis this week, Noel, you'll be pleased to hear, because uh, um, uh, I can't have a Colombian in not have Colombia, which uh, I don't know. What would you say is your favourite Oasis track of all time? Because this is my favourite Oasis track of all time, Colombia. Uh, some might say it is always going to be top of my list, I think. Uh along with slide away but columbia is right up there it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolute belting tune as well but yeah for me i just think i i, I kind of bracket some might say in the same uh it's kind of in the same ilk as there she goes i think it's like a modern day there she goes i think it's yeah, just yeah. so much uplifting and uh it's just euphoric obviously, yeah. similar obviously to live forever obviously the two of them but uh yeah live forever and and some might say for me for Oasis, but yeah, Colombia is an absolute stonker. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's I think, um, yeah, it's, it's my favorite track of those. Uh, it just, um, yeah, it just gets in your, in your head, really. So, it didn't matter, wasn't that one of the ones Matt every picked for his walk on tune? Um, uh, I believe it was possibly, was yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, um, I'd love to get Matt every on this pod one week, uh, talking about his love of Oasis. I, I, yeah, well, actually... I think Sam Harp. Uh, was talking to him over in the States at one time, wasn't it? So yeah, that's had, right. Well, does he have I, a clothing I, I, line or something like that? Yeah, he's got, he's got a clothing line, which is called... Um, it's suddenly got an Oasis link to it, the name of the clothing line. Yeah, I, I can't remember it myself, but yeah. Um, Oasis link, but, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I did actually message him through... Um, uh, um, uh, got through. Um, God, what's it called? Um, I messaged him anyway. <laughs> uh, not through, not through Twitter. <laughs> I messaged him through the other thing. Um, but um, Instagram, that's the one. Uh, I messaged him through Instagram, and uh, he's not replied. But then he probably never got the message because obviously he probably doesn't look at random messages from random people. So, uh, so if anyone out there in the states knows Matt Every, put him in my direction, please. I'd like to do a special pod with him and talk about his love of Oasis. So yeah, that'll be great. Uh, yeah. Um, right, let's get back to the golfers. Um, so uh, who have you got for us next, Niall? Uh, you're getting to your more exciting picks now, you reckon? Yeah, and although uh, my preview probably won't go live until the morning, but uh, I'm very tempted to put this guy top of the list on top of the stake. And actually, you know, the more, more that I think about it, and Dean Burmester, slightly more exciting than my first two picks. Yeah. You know, on one who obviously has a, has, a, you know, <coughs> has a particular game where, you know, He's an absolute ball buster off the tee, hits the ball in the head. But nevertheless, is very strong on approach as well. Mm -hmm. Actually, his irons have been in uh, you know, neck for a while now, but it hasn't started this year, as, as this season, as, as good as what he was playing last, last year with the irons. But nevertheless, I think he can turn that around. Putting very well recently as well. He started off this season with a fourth at the Sanderson Farms, uh, 37th and 32nd since. Uh, just looking back to last year, you know, you mentioned the Tom Doak design at, at the Renaissance. 
he was tenth there at the Scottish Open. Followed yeah. that up with a, with the eleventh at St Andrews. Went from there to the Corn Ferry Tour, two top five finishes in the, in the last couple of Corn Ferry, Ferry events as well. So uh, I think he's definitely improved and he's up his game. Uh, you know, he's sitting around 58th in the world now, not that far off, uh, you know, that top 50 in the world and everything that it brings. So I think, mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's, he's an awful lot to play for in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, fits the profile almost some to you know cook rack a similar kind of game to that you know bust the ball off the tee and you know almost it gets worse as you get on but nevertheless i think mm. looking at the you know just the driving distance stats that i that i, that I mentioned at the, at the top of the show uh you know if it comes down to those guys who can really hit the ball far off the tee then Brian master's one of them and, he, and he's one of those trending in the right direction you yeah, know, on the PGA Tour, and I think he, he's certainly talented enough mm. to get a, to get a victory. And you know, it was eighty to one this week, and I think the eighty to one looks very talented. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certainly you know, there's certainly an argument in an event like this um, where you know potentially you could say I'm overcomplicating it with sort of links to the Valspar and the Schwab and all that kind of stuff. And um, obviously, last week was very much an event for those links, as it were. But um, uh, you know, with correlating courses. But uh, there's certainly an argument to say. I mean, when Lanto Griffin won, uh, not on this track, obviously, but won uh, this event a few years back, it was just the guy who was playing great golf coming in, basically. Uh, and, and you know there was a few this week in in, in the betting that uh, obviously you've gone down the Naismith route. Uh, uh, you know I looked at uh, Lee Hodges, Taylor Moore. Yeah, sure. yeah. uh, you know players who've just been really playing some really solid stuff. Um, um, Taylor Montgomery, I think the market has probably caught up with him a little bit, but um, uh, you, you know and obviously you, you might have a little bit of a comparison there to a sort of Cameron Young type sort of player who who um, uh, you know is actually yet to win, but obviously uh, keeps showing up and, and the market's very much caught up with him. So um, so uh, maybe we're overcomplicating it a bit, or maybe I'm overcomplicating it a bit, but um, uh, I can certainly see your logic with Burmester, and and uh, uh, he's actually um, uh, he's actually been quite well backed. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that. No, yeah, I've seen him short on across the board. Yeah. Somehow I'm hoping it lasts until the morning. Yeah, there's still still some eighties, but um, yeah. Um, so uh, I can see your, see your logic there. Uh, my my next selection uh, is someone I thought um, I thought it might be um, what's the word um, poetic justice if we were both on the pod this week and we both picked him and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and. and he uh, he came in for us both, so I was half expecting you to uh, be on board, but you're not. You're um, you're shying away from Bo Hostler this week, unlike me. So uh, yeah, well, uh, the pain's enough for one year. I think I'll just let you go through. Yeah, well, obviously, um, I had the pain earlier this this year from him again, but yeah. um, uh, but uh, yeah, he's um. Uh, you know, he's going to win a golf tournament eventually. And, and his golf has just got a lot more solid over the last six, six, nine months. He's just, uh, you know, most most weeks he's, um, you, you'll see his name in the sort of, um, you know, top 30 or so on, on, on the leaderboard, really. He's just uh, uh, playing some some really consistent stuff. And it might be he sort of fades away at the weekend, um, as he has been prone to a little bit through this year. I mean, the Charles Schwab was a perfect example of that. He had two, two sort of, I don't know, 65, 66 or something like that to open up with and then went sort 
sort of 73, 74 or something. But um, uh, but uh, yeah, he's um, the, the downside is he missed the cut here on his only start. And uh, I think he had shot 82 in the second round, which certainly isn't uh, uh, a really positive uh, vibe for him to come back to the course with. Uh, but he was on a horrendous, or he was about to start a horrendous run of form. Uh, I think he missed sort of about 10 cuts around the turn of the year into the next year or something like that. Just played, played awfully. Um, so he's a different player now. Um, obviously, he likes Texas. Um, of course, we have the, the Polter heartbreak story. But um, other than that, um, he was 4th, 17th and 21st in his three starts in Texas last season. The 21st being the Schwab that I mentioned. Um, whereas I say, he was right up there at ha halfway stage. Uh, he's obviously very strong on the greens as a whole, although he had a couple of really bad days on the greens on the past Ballon last week on the sort of limited stats we have, if you like. So, so um, yeah, I just saw 125 to 1. Again, um, in an event that is quite hard to get a handle on, um, you know, I, I just thought he was worth chancing back back in Texas to build on some, you know, good solid golf. I mean, he played well at the Zozo, which you wouldn't really thought would be his type of venue. So, um, so uh, that's uh, Bo Hostas for me. And I will roll in things at the same odds. I'll, I'll roll into my last selection before um, we then uh, wait back in your your last pick, Noel. But um, uh, I'm going with another guy with the Texas links, uh, one of the Korean contingent who bases himself in the Dallas area. Um, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. Um, the uh, the full uh, full version of the name. I need Kenny Kim on here for that, but um, it's um, S H Kim, uh, and uh, he like Bo is available at 125 to one, uh, and um, this is his first start on the PGA Tour in Texas, which I'm hoping will um, spark him into a little bit of life. He started the season well, uh, actually um, had a top five over on the uh, the West Coast, which I wouldn't have necessarily expected him to do on on the Poa Greens over on the West Coast, but because um, uh, all of his best stuff came on the Bermuda last year on the Corn Ferry, so I'm hoping back on the Bermuda this week will will help him. Uh, he's missed the cuts the last two weeks in, in Bermuda and um, uh, Mexico, but only, you know, pretty much on the number and uh, nothing nothing horrendous. I think he had a 68 in one of the one round this last week and a 67 or something the week week before. So it's not like he's suddenly shooting 77, 77. Um, and uh, what I really like about him here is, and we touched on it, is the short game. Um, he's a bit of a short game wizard. Uh, he's uh, putting was his um, uh, his best strength and, and scrambling on, on the Corn Ferry. And he's at it again on the PGA Tour. He's 18th in putting so far this season. Um, so um, my hope is that with a little bit more room off the tee, um, the closer he gets to the hole, the better he'll get. Um, that um, it's obviously a class act. Uh, you know, he's got a great um, sort of pedigree over in um, obviously Asian events um, historically before he's, he's come over to applies uh, trade in the States and uh, he's applied going places. So um, again, with that uh, Texas connection at the odds, uh, he was my last roll of the dice for me this week. Um, SH Kim. So um, either of those, well, Bo wasn't on your radar. Was um, Is SH Kim a player you've um, got on, on, on your yeah, radar? Yeah, well, certainly uh, these Koreans and a lot of these Asian players, I think, you know, down the years almost haven't fulfilled their potential, but yeah, things are changing in that department now, mm. I think. And it's and becoming a lot yeah, you know, yeah. easier and for these guys to get over the line and you know, a few of them's paving the way for the next one and blah blah blah. And yeah, as you say SH Kim would be almost next in the list for those guys to get over the line. And you know, interestingly enough, you say the short game's been flying, ball striking's been you know, superb at the at the start of the season obviously we've limited stats or no stats yeah. in the last couple of weeks but you know ball striking was very good at the sand 
Everton and mm. at the Shiners as well. So uh, yeah. yeah, if it turns up to be a ball striking game as well as you know how talented he is with a short game, then he could be a big runner. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah. So 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 that was my last two selections. That's my selections all all wrapped up. And and you've got um, actually I don't know which you want to give because uh, you've got a bit of a Kim link on the uh, on your last uh, last musical selection. So you got one one more musical selection and one more uh, golfer pick. I'll, I'll let you decide which order you want to do them in. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'll go with a song first. Uh, obviously, this was uh, one of the scenes of Anthony Kim's. Uh, one of Anthony Kim's wins, which you know, a golfer we all loved at the time, and you know, yeah. obviously disappeared off the face of the earth, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it was one of AK's wins, and this song, which is called, which is a little respect by Razor, you know, uh, is dedicated to another AK, which is, have, <laughs> has been very uh, opinionated on Twitter in the last couple of weeks with some of us golf pundits and writers, and yeah, I thought the tune was just apt. Uh, yes. a, a, a little respect which could be given to all I'm sure yeah. yeah this is this is for the other AK <laughs> yeah no, that's uh, uh, well for all, all the AKs out there and um, it would be one of them is, that, is, a, is the AK the original AK is he still picking up the insurance money is that the story uh, that, yeah, uh, yeah, if, if so. he plays again he loses the insurance money or something. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, that, that's the myth isn't it so, yeah. Um, yeah it's God knows what, what he's doing yeah, can you crazy imagine story. That, would be, uh, well, that, that would be one hell of a comeback if that happened. maybe maybe it'll crop up on um, uh, live because um, yeah, obviously, yeah. if um, if he played on live, he wouldn't need the insurance money, really, would he? Um, <laughs> imagine if he signed up for two hundred million or something. They uh, um, he wouldn't have to bother about the insurance money. So there's there's a thought. Um, <laughs> Any of those conversations yeah, but, are going on behind the scene? I might actually tune into live if he did. Uh, yeah, exactly. My final pick is uh, Taylor Pendrith. Uh, everyone knows, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of the Canadian. Mm. Uh, yeah, I just think, you know, he's another, obviously, who uh, just has a tremendous all-around game, but more more uh, off the tee than anything else. And, you know, it was slightly disappointing what happened to him at the President's Cup. I felt a bit sorry for him, especially over the first couple of days where you think he played quite well, but was let down by his partners. But he's another ball buster off the tee, I think, you know, who uh, will benefit at this course. Uh mm -hmm. Slightly uh, indifferent start to this season, 67th at the Ford, but then obviously went to the Presidents Cup and then just the Shriners since 44th. You know, he was decent ball striking, but his short game has let him down. Uh, he's been very lately raced, obviously, come back from injury last summer. He came back after four months off, 13th at the Barbersaw. So only one appearance in, in, in the last month or so, you know, isn't quite. Of, isn't a worry for me. I think you know he, he might actually go well, better, fresh, and you know if he's had a few weeks off. And I think a few weeks off might have been beneficial actually after that Presidents Cup. I know he's played once since the Shriners, but mm. uh, it was obviously very disappointing for the, for the two Canadians actually at the Presidents Cup. Uh, you know he was one of those guys. I think they they were planning on playing five times yeah. during the week and. Mm. Uh, it just didn't go his way over the first couple of days. But nevertheless, uh, you know, I'm a massive fan. I think he's hugely talented. Uh, and just as I was talking earlier on, it was more about the price. I think he turns up around 60 to 1 this week. And uh, if Aaron Wise, you know, is, is an 18 to 1 favourite, I, yeah. I, I, I don't need a, I don't need a 
reason not to back Taylor Pendrith at around six yeah. to one. Uh, yeah. I think you you talked earlier on about uh, Iron Ways ceiling obviously being quite high as opposed to Grillo's, who's you know you know certainly in the in, maybe in the autumn of his career he's been around a, you know a fair while and yeah. might not quite reach the heights of what people might have thought he would have you know yeah. about 10 years ago but Taylor Pendrith on the other hand could achieve huge things in the game I mean, yeah. it, it's just got such an impressive game you know all aspects of it I think he's very ballsy as well mm-hmm. I think he's confident mm-hmm. uh, his results towards the end of last year were absolutely phenomenal after coming back mm-hmm. from injury it was you know I think he would he was laid off after Sawgrass. I think he finished 13th in yeah, Sawgrass yeah, in March. Yeah. And then he had four months off. Yeah. And, and, his, and his places after that were 13th, 11th, 2nd, 13th, 68th, and 8th, all the way yeah. to the BMW Championship. Obviously, just missed out on the third championship, but having missed half the year almost, mm-hmm. you know, almost making it to the third championship was, you know, some feat. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited about Taylor Pendrith as a whole for his future, uh, whether this this will be the week or not, but uh, as I say, I'm, I'm actually quite uh, I quite like the bigger hitters in the field this week. You know, obviously, yeah, it's, not, it's not all about that, but if just looking at the leaderboard, I think it was almost mm-hmm. the last two leaderboards dominated by a few heavy hitters. So uh, I was more inclined to go with it, with those guys who have still got mm-hmm. uh, you know, a good approach game, which which Pendrith has. So I'm hoping for the best. Uh, as I say, a short game hasn't been firing in all summers this season yet, but uh, he's lately raced, as I said, and I think he could go well. Yeah. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, if, if everything you said, obviously, of course, um, yeah, I would agree 100%. And he, he's, he's, again, you know, won't sound like a stuck record. He's another of these guys you wouldn't uh, be surprised to see picking up that first win. And um, it's, it, it is, and if you haven't realised this, uh, listeners, uh, uh, yet, uh, I think both myself and Niall, and we probably won't be alone in this, this, of course, is a, is a tricky event to get your head around. I mean, I think the reason quite a lot of people were obviously uh, slightly miffed about missing out on Henley last week is, is that um, from a point of view of correlating course form and the type of player you're looking for it was all right there in front of you with, with Henley last week and uh, um, it was just maybe the fact his game had gone a little bit off the ball that put people off And uh, uh, but you knew exactly what type of player you were looking for last week, you were looking for a Henley you were looking for a Brian Harmon and there they were at the top of the leaderboard so um, so this week it's, it's obviously not like that, you know, particularly, uh, you can't necessarily link or tease and coke rack and, uh, uh, and obviously we've only got two, two years to go on. So it is a, certainly a lot of a trappier event. And, um, I think ultimately, uh, we might just be sat here this time next week going, uh, well, Scotty Scheffler six to one, uh, <laughs> there you go. Mm. But, um, uh, but, um, uh, Pendrith is certainly someone and, uh, you know, there was a few, I know, Pat Rogers tempted me this week. He's playing some good golf at the moment. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a handful um, of other, golfers yeah. there that you know you could easily back there this week you know yeah obviously you've mentioned davis riley and you mentioned lee hodges too was another one i was looking at but it was just one of yeah. those weeks off and i would you know i'd look at an event like this and go with six or seven golfers to back but yeah i've kept it down to four this week i just thought it was a difficult task to, to yeah, pick yeah. between them yeah, so um, so that um, that pretty much uh, wraps it up. Um, Noel, Noel's got a dash off somewhere, so I don't want to keep keep him uh, too too long. So we're calling it a, a wrap um, tonight. Uh, but um, of course, before we do that, um, well, a couple of things to say. First of all, um, sadly, this is the last pod of the year uh, because uh, next week I was all set for. Um, 
uh, a, a, a wrap up, uh, obviously for the RSM, but then something's cropped up that means I um, basically won't be available to do a pod next Monday evening. So, uh, so sadly, we'll have no pod for the RSM uh, next week. So, uh, it's the last pod of um, uh, 2022, or certainly weekly preview. I might do a bit of a special one back end of the year, something like that. But um, so, well, uh, well, I must, I must say, congratulations. Anyway, it's, you've put on an awful lot of hard work into it across the year, uh, and it's obviously it's getting together to chat golf and music's always a, always a pleasure so uh well done for all your work for the year Thank you, Noel. I really appreciate that. Um, it's certainly, you know, I love doing it. And uh, of course, it can, uh, can can be hard work behind the scenes to pull it all together. But hopefully, um, well, I'd like to thank, uh, you know, all the guests who have been on this year, yourself very much included, Noel. It's been fantastic to have you back on again. Uh, and um, thank you to everyone who's listened and picked tunes and what have you over the course of uh, the year. And, and we need, we have we have one last chance for a winner. We need a winner. So it's uh, to show it's not that easy to um, pick golf winners every week. Um, we get to have someone who, with their free bet has has had a winner um so the last chance of the year we've had some great selections um tonight as always uh i'd like to thank uh, everyone who's put their songs forward so uh, golf gambler put uh, uh, a tune by uh, mickey newbury forward called cool, uh, because mickey newbury was born in houston apparently and we've had some more oasis suggested uh, do you want to be a spaceman um thanks for that flanners but um i'm gonna go with um i don't know this song but i know greg petru has great music taste so uh uh greg I'm trusting this is going to be a good tune, so I'm looking forward to listening to it. Um, it's uh, Houston Heights by Blue October. Uh, and um, I'm hoping we hit the heights of Houston this week. So uh, well done, Greg. Uh, free bet coming your way. Um, and uh, just very quickly, Noel, because I know you've got to wrap up, just very quickly give us your um, selections again, your, uh, your your picks for the week. I think I'll change it this week and go with the headline selection of Burmester, which wasn't the plan at the start of this conversation. But the more we've chatted, <laughs> the, more I, the more I've liked them. So, uh, yeah, Burmester uh, with headline. And next we'll have a million on Grillo. Matthew Naismith and Taylor Pendrith. Brilliant. And your musical picks were again? Musical picks were Getting Even by White Lies, uh, Apricots by Bicep, which you got to go and check on YouTube as soon as oh, we hang up the call. As soon as we hang up, yeah. <laughs> the Mexican by Noel Gallagher and A Little Respect by Razor. Brilliant. And uh, for me, the, the golfing picks, Davis Riley at 50 to 1, Adam Hadwin, 66ers, Bastian Munoz, 66ers, Bo Hostler and SH Kim, both at 125s, all the points each way, fit of the odds, first eight. Uh, and uh, three musical picks from me, uh, Spiritualized, Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space, an absolutely brilliant song. That's what you're going to go and hang up and listen to now. Yeah. Um, and um, Life of Riley, Davis Riley, of course, there. Uh, and um, my final musical pick was Columbia in honour of uh, Sebastian Munoz um, cracking Oasis tune. So so that's a wrap. That's a wrap for the Golf Alternative Pod for 2022. Hopefully we can round off with a winner. Um, and uh, thank you very much, everyone. Hugely pre appreciate you listening. Uh, bet responsibly. Enjoy um, the golf this week. Uh, turn the music up loud. Niall, thank you so much for coming on again, being our last yeah. guest of the year. And um, we'll see you all again in 2023. And um, in the meantime, good night.